What's up, everybody? Welcome to a, another wonderful podcast of Tiki's Tacos and Tukes. I'm your host, Mike Austin. We are coming at you live today with a great friend of mine, uh, amazing guy, awesome dude, uh, David Chanelli. He is a top 2% realtor in Canada. He's a Toronto boy, and he's joining us today for our second podcast of the series. Uh, David, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. How are you doing today? Doing all right, and yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you know, it's a, a beautiful Tuesday, and uh, it was crazy rainy today, and uh, all of a sudden it cleared up. Or, you know, over here in Grimsby in the Escarpment, we've got great weather sometimes, and it cleared up and got sunny, and uh, now I'm having a beer doing a podcast with great people <laughs> like you, so what could be better? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't cracked one open just yet. We just got in with the kids, so yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, the, nice, nice. maybe in an hour or so, maybe when the, the game starts, I'll crack one open as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, what's uh, Leafs are on tonight, right? No, the Raptors are on tonight. Oh, the Raptors. Oh, I think both of the Leafs and the Raptors are both on tonight. I think the Leafs played Boston, but anyway, yeah. I didn't know the Raptors, so I, I follow the hockey a little bit. You know me, right? Yeah. I, I watch I a little bit of hockey, and that's about it, so. Yeah. We're interested to see. Awesome. Yeah, we're interested to see what happens with the Raptors tonight. You know, they're the banner, you know, first home game. So, anyway, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, our uh, guests, our, or, or sorry, our uh, uh, podcast listeners are, are eager to uh, hear all about you. And again, thanks for joining in. And uh, yeah, we'll get right into it. And uh, just got a few questions for you today. We'll keep it nice and short. And uh, so, I always like to start off with this this first question here, and, and uh, going to continue with the series. Um, what's your go-to uh, kind of food order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Like, what's, what's your go-to home comfort meal that you like to go for? Believe it or not, I like trying different steaks. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times when we get to go out, and so my comfort food is a nice, you know, it would be like a nice New Yorker. I like it done rare uh, with veggies and a nice salad with a nice red glass of wine. And that's like my go-to order. And like, you know, believe it or not, like, I, I, it doesn't matter what restaurant. And then like, I, I like to test them all out, so you know, making sure that you know, try to figure out what my favorite steak is. Oh, that's amazing! I love actually. So I was just watching last night, believe it or not, a, a documentary special on I think it was CNBC, and they were highlighting the Wagyu beef world, and it is just fascinating. Like the the inside world of Wagyu beef, and I've never had it i've seen it before and like the marbling in these pieces of meats is just out of this world oh yeah <laughs> you're making my mouth water have, Mike. <laughs> have you have you ever partaken in the way you beat uh, yeah no no i mean i'm looking forward to it so maybe we'll do one together in our next outing we'll do it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely sounds like it awesome <laughs> i'm down for that <laughs> So being a realtor in Toronto, uh, you're very successful. Um, you've got a great career. Um, you've done, a, you know, I, we go back a little bit. I, I know you're from the past a bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of everything that you've done, you were uh, with Toronto Hydro at one point. Uh, yep. You were doing fi uh, in, in the financial portion of it. Um, great career there, great career in real estate. Um, for our listeners, um, what's something that you can kind of throw out, you know, give a little tidbits here and there, but what's something that you could throw out to them of, um, uh, you know, something that's kind of helped you along the way and more specifically, like what, what do you wish that you had known when you were kind of starting out in any career or one, one career specifically? Well, first and foremost, uh, you know, it's having a passion for whatever you do. Um, that comes a long way. 
you know, I, when I was working at Toronto Hydro, um, I was, you know, I was an analyst. It wasn't my passion. We had a family, as you know, Mike, we had a young family. And then uh, I encouraged my wife to follow her passion. Um, and I was a little bit jealous of her at the time, but one of us said I had to have the benefits and you know more of the stable job when one was becoming an entrepreneur, uh, which I know you can attest to. Um, but the thing was, is like, you know, if, you're, if your heart's not into it, I would honestly, you know, take a second look and say, why are you doing it? You know, if you're just going through the motions through anything you do, God, like, honestly, it's not worth it at the end of the day. It really, really isn't worth it. Um, when I started in, in real estate, I had friends of mine saying, you should have been doing this years ago. And I'm like, and I didn't realize how much of a passion I had for it. Like I've owned rental properties for 14 years and I've been teaching people how to get into these rental properties. Um, so when I made the transition to real estate, it was just a natural transition, but I never thought that I would love it as much as I do. Like I used to hear people all the time talk about like, oh, this doesn't feel like work. It's like, you know, it's more like a hobby for me and I love doing it. And I'm like, you're crazy. I'm just going to work every day, working the nine to five. I'm like, are you people on crack? Like this is a job. You get to go home, everyone looks for the five o'clock, watching their clocks and then they run home. Uh, and then just looking forward to the weekends. I thought that's what life was like. Like as a kid, I, I've been working since I was 13 years old. You name the job, I've done it. You know, and most of the jobs you have, you're like there was nothing really I was totally passionate about. And up until I was about what, 35? Um, and then I like I started to, like trading in real estate, like being a realtor. Uh, you know, actually it was actually plus 36 by the time I got my license and everything. It was uh yeah, it was it was a total, you know, 180. I was looking at it totally different. Now since I've, I've been a realtor and I have been that successful, you talked about like even my office gets to talk to younger realtors and then mentoring realtors. I'm like, I haven't even been in the industry that long, but they see my trajectory and where I've done. And they're like, what is your secret? I'm like, and that's what I would say to them. Somebody come in, make sure no matter what industry you're in, that you love doing it. If it's not, if you don't love doing it, figure out, you know, what it is that you like to do. In the meantime, you know, like if you don't know what it is, yeah, continue doing what you're doing for work. But but never stop thinking and try to improve yourself. It'll come. That's it's fascinating. It's it's really these days, um, well, for always. But uh, perspective. That's it's something I really learned this past year is perspective. And um, you know, you want to be at you know point Z, and you're starting at A and B right now. And you know, you got to put in the time. You got to put in the work. Um, but most importantly, yeah, just like you say, you've got to be passionate about it. Otherwise, you're you're not going to get through to it. Yeah. And if you do, that'd be that's great. But you're going to be, you know, miserable if you're not passionate <laughs> about it. So. Yeah, and, and listen, we only have one life, really, to think about it. And if you don't, if you're not waking up every day and enjoying what you're doing, then it's like you're not to say wasting your life away, like because there's always lessons in everything you're doing. So I'm not saying wasting, but you got to sit back and say, try to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. You know, if, if, you know, and I really like, I know people that like to travel, they do this and they, they forego on like, you know, millions of dollars they don't want to work their, their family's business. And they've also become more successful aside from their parents' business without having to do with that. And just because they followed it, they said, listen, it's nice and everything else, but I started from ground zero, did my own thing. And I am, I'm successful because I said no, because I wanted to follow what I wanted to do. I followed my heart. And you can't, you can't fault somebody for wanting to try that. You know, you really can't. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So, next question: What are you curious about right now? 
honestly, since it's been election day, I'm curious to see what's going to happen uh, with the whole, <laughs> the whole. Uh, I'll be like, you know, when it, regardless of politics, everything. I was just funny. We were listening to, uh, you know, just something of another of the reporters talking about after Justin Trudeau took over. I'm really interested to see now with the minority government what's going to happen. And the reason why I say that too, because it really affects the real estate market. Um, like, you know, there, there are things that the Liberals are trying to do to, you know, in, enhance, you know, first time um, home buyers to be able to purchase something, but it doesn't really affect the Toronto market because the numbers they're talking about is already well below what the average cost is with Toronto would be. But it's interesting to see how, you know, they are, you know, the populace can be affected because the, the, the Liberals have a mandate of bringing in a lot more immigrants, which is fine. But where the problem is right now is we're looking at the infrastructure, what's happening with the rental market, what's happening with the purchase market. Because the renters, as you know, like they just had, I think we talked about this the other day, average rents in Toronto from uh, studying them from urban nations over $2,500 a month. And that's like, you know, like that's not even large apartments. Like I've seen one, three, four, five thousand dollars. So the average person, you're paying twenty five hundred dollars in rent. That's a mortgage payment, really. And now it's just it's harder to qualify. So you have these young people renting, which they wouldn't they could have bought. And it's just, you know, the more people that come in, like you're realizing that, you know, our vacancy levels right now are pretty much at zero percent. The only thing that's going to happen is rent's going up. And then, you know, what the narrative we keep hearing online is that, you know, especially in Toronto, is that, you know, the, the prices are high, you can't afford anything, which is absolutely not true. Um, but I'm really, I'm really interested to see where that rental market is coming. Eventually, if these uh, millennials come and say, if they go to the breaking point and say, you know what, this is not true, let's actually start looking to purchase it. And I think that'll. Anyway, it's, it's interesting to see. I'm, I'm really curious to find out what's going to happen in the next few months in, in, in our market. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like, and I have a friend of mine that works in a really good friend of mine. He works in the uh, um, in the airport, and he's like with immigration. And he's been telling me for years that the Liberals are already trying to push up to 350,000 people coming into the country. And over one third of them stay in the GTA, more specifically in the Toronto core in that area. Um, and then what, so obviously that puts a lot, and obviously coming in from the immigrants can't afford to, to purchase right away. So they're renting for at least up to four years. After four years, uh, statistics show that immigrants then apply there are eventually built their credit and are able to purchase. So if they're going to try to pop every year and add additional fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand people coming into the country, you can see how that's already going to affect us. It's going to affect the structure. It's going to affect rents. It's going to affect purchase prices. Um, and not, not to say I don't agree with it, because you know I come from a family of immigrants. I think it's great, but I also want to make sure that we have the right infrastructure for people allowing the right people in. And the reason why I don't say it like you know for the right people is like. I mean, in the sense that right now we're having an issue with even people having the documentation to getting through the process of actually writing. Uh, so when you come in to get your your documents done, like well, the amount of people is coming in, like they're already overworked. That these poor people are sitting in the sidelines or in limbo for a long time because they don't have enough personnel to actually process these people. So that's what I mean. Like these poor so people, yeah. And I, I like listen. I'm I'm all like listen again from a family of immigrants. Like I think immigration is great for Canada, and I think that you know we need to get the right people in here in the sense that. The right people are the people that want to be in Canada. That's what I mean by the right people. I, I can certainly attest to that. When I first came to Canada, and you know, this was a while ago too, um, I was in a very similar situation. Um, you know, coming up here with nothing and and going through the whole paperwork process, and you know, it took about I'd say about uh, 14 months for me 
which was quick compared to a lot of people I've talked to and especially at the time but even now the process is a bit more rigorous and grueling and uh, yeah I can definitely see that and and totally relate Um, yeah it's it's very interesting and and Canada's such a hot country and great place to live and you know who doesn't want to live here yeah and uh, yeah that's very interesting in the real estate scene yeah so I think yeah it affects us I think it's so I'm curious to see <laughs> right now. I can, I can, it could be really good for us, but it could be really bad too. Because you're like, you know, with a, with an older market, like you know, like so with a stable market, I always compare it to like a beer market, right? Like we, you know, good thing with real estate is like oh, in the last 30 years, on average, we have a return of about 6.6 percent, anywhere between 6.2 to 6.7 percent, and that's per annum. You have that, you know, compound interest um, on that. But it's you know, with an older market, you can't have spikes we've had in, in the market where we do what we saw in 2017 they have to do something to curb it if too many people come into the market into the market too quickly and and therefore you know there's we don't have enough supply for obviously supply demand economics then there might be a spike again in prices and then the only thing that followed by like with the mature market if there is a high you know peak like that there's also going to be a drop because that's exactly what happens so i'm hoping that there are you know that there are you know safeguards against that not happening well, for all of our listeners out there, I want you guys to know, uh, David is a, really a master of his craft. Uh, he's actually my my realtor as well. And uh, he literally takes you through the whole process beginning to end, whether you're buying or selling, and is really there to answer a lot of questions. And he's really well-educated uh, you know, in general and, and obviously in the space, and uh, he's a wealth <laughs> of knowledge. So if you are looking for property, buying, selling, uh, even have any questions, um, even anything on the financial side with mortgages or or renting and, and whatnot, uh, definitely give him a shout. Um, you can find David uh, pretty much on every platform. Uh, he's out there for sure. Uh, D. Chinelli at, uh, at, correct me here if I'm wrong. Actually, I'll let you throw your info yeah. out there. Oh. Yeah, so it's dchinelli at royalpage.ca is my email. You spell the Chinelli, C-I-N-E-L-L-I. Uh, you can always contact me either call or text at 416-876-9998. Uh, if you look at me on Instagram, it's uh, David D. Chinelli underscore realtor. Uh, or if you just go, I think on my Facebook, it's David Chinelli, MBA, BSC. Um, just my credentials in there too. You know, I, I don't always like throwing those out just, but... Uh, um, uh, I have that's, them. A, that's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah, I have them. So it's like, in the beginning, I wasn't putting them out there. I had a friend of mine who was a financial planner. And he's like, you know what, Dave? He goes, you, you spent so much time in school and you've had these credentials. You might as well use them and just put them there and say, you're not just a regular schmo. <laughs> so, I, so I actually started using them. <laughs> well, we'll definitely have your links uh, attached to this. So if anybody's looking to get in touch with you, it'd be pretty easy. And uh, so we're going to wrap up here with one more question. Um, so, you know, failure is, is something that these days I am just so in tune with getting out of the way as quickly as possible. And I say that in a sense of as we learn and grow, we fail naturally at things in life and we succeed in many. But I find failure as a great point for myself to learn and grow. And I know a lot of people are on the same wavelength and a lot of people see that differently. Failure um, is not a good thing. And so I... I want to extend the positivity out and and get people to think differently and again the word perspective pops up got to change our perspectives and and how we're looking at things in life um so with failure what's something uh you know something it could be recent it could be uh happened in the past what's a 
story that you can share with us regarding failure that has really helped you, you know, learn or grow and put you where you are today? Well, absolutely. I think failure is a great, it's a great learning, uh, learning tool. I think you're never going to learn from, you know, from when you're always succeeding because you're just, you don't really know, right? We've talked about where you failed and how you can make yourself better. Um, I will refer back to when I was at Toronto Hydro. Like I said, I was kind of going through the motions there and I was doing that for the family and thought, you know, that was the right thing. But ultimately, one by one, everybody in my department, including myself, all got packaged out. So technically, I was a failure. If you look at it that way, I lost my job. Um, and that just kind of fueled my punch. And I said, listen, and I just sat down one day with my wife. My wife was, we were both you know, anticipating it happening. We saw the writing on the wall. But it's kind of like, it kind of hits you a little bit. Like, got this, somebody doesn't want you, even though you've, you know, had great growing, you know, glowing reviews. And, and then I thought to myself, listen, I was doing, sorry, and they replaced me with three people, two or three people at the job. So not only that, it, that was kind of like a kick, like a little punch in the gut a little bit. I'm saying, you know, I failed at something I didn't even enjoy doing. Just can you imagine if I love something I'm doing, how great I'm going to do it? I'm like, I did, like, listen, I was, did it for almost 10 years and I was... I would say honestly, I was okay at it, <laughs> you know. And then they, I was so just okay. And then, like I said, they replaced me with multiple people. So that just tells you. So when I hit, I kind of hit this with the ground running because it was kind of like I just wanted to find a passion. I, I, you know, and and every single day we in this industry, I love it because you have to stay on your toes because we get failures every day. But I don't look at it as a failure. Like for example, um, every time I say when when you're in in the real estate there's 55,000 realtors on the Toronto real estate board every time I go to a listing appointment or every time I go to a buying appointment there is I'm competing against 55,000 other candidates think about that so when you go to a job interview you might be what against another hundred maybe a thousand people I'm up against 55,000 people every single time I go to an appointment and there you don't get everything you don't get all of them and believe it or not, I have a real estate coach and I, I, I love having a real estate coach. Kind of, they kind of keep you in mind. But the, the formula that works for realtors, believe it or not, is only one out of four deals works. So one out of four leads, sorry, works out. That means you're failing three out of four times. Think about that. You're only getting your, your yeah. so, so it's like a baseball player, right? Like, you know, if you're hitting 300, you're well, same thing with realtors. If you're hitting like better than 25%, if you're hitting 25%, you're still doing well. But if you hit more than that, you just have to go out and get the lead. So we expect people not to want to work for us for a variety of reasons. But you don't look at it, it looks as an opportunity. You almost have to get through the people who are going to say no to get to the people that say yes. So if you look at it that way, I have to find it. Those people say no, I'm like, great. Yeah, say no. You're one of the, you're, you're, you're one of three that needs to say no so I can find that person that's going to say yes. It's all about mindset and how you look at it. Instead of sitting back going, oh my gosh, three people said no to me. Like, no, that's great. That means the next person's going to say yes. Let's go. Let's hammer that home. Let's get this deal done. You know? Although, <laughs> truth be told, my track record's a little bit better than, than, than uh, you know, when one out of four works out. But if it comes, sometimes it's the situations where it just ebbs and flows, right? But, Again, it's all about the mindset. Looking at it, if you then do, somebody says no, I'm like you know, somebody's gonna do it, you know, cheaper. Somebody's gonna do it, like oh, somebody's gonna do it for free. Let them do it for free. <laughs> you know, like that's you know, sometimes. Yeah. And then that's the thing is like you. The, the other thing I would say to that too is don't look at it as a failure and saying like you can look back and reflect. Okay, what is it that I that didn't work out for that? If it's something that it's gonna affect your morals, it's gonna affect your standing, or affect your your well being, then absolutely let that other person have it. So. But if you're going head to head to somebody that is generally, you know, that you are better than, and they're just like, and, you're, and you know you're going to win it. So 
yeah, I, 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 I can't, you kind of need the failure to have, to have success, especially in my industry. Amazing. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, mindset from the man himself, David Chinelli, <laughs> excuse me, David Chinelli, family man, realtor, Toronto guy, hit him up. Uh, once again, thanks for joining the podcast today. Dave, thanks for joining us. And we will see you guys next week when we come back to you with another one. Who's the guest? I have no idea yet. Literally have no idea, <laughs> but we'll figure it out. <laughs> thanks again for joining and we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day, man.